Welcome to episode 52 of Echo Screen, a video game and pop culture podcast. And the start of the new 52. Wow, you stole my joke from the last time. Wow. Wow. You know, I didn't know if you were going to use it, so I was just like, why don't we just... Um, so you decided to steal it? Yeah, so yeah, I decided so, to steal uh, it. I did. So rant. in the reboot of uh, of the podcast uh, universe that we have, Rob, that's Rob, by the way, the thief <laughs> of my joke, uh, he is uh, a villain this time. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, in this universe, I've been uh, rebooted to be the, the enemy of the podcast. Perfect. Which I might be already. Who knows? I we'll don't know. We'll find out. My name is Blaze, as always, and in the reboot universe, I will continue to be Blaze. Uh, with me this week Boring. is Aaron. That's me. I guess Aaron will continue to be Aaron in this reboot universe. So, uh, so I'm boring. I'm the only one that's different now. What do you? What do you, Rob? What? Uh, what do you want to be? Well, uh, first of all, um, I've got an important question in the way of: Do you ever wonder about the origins of mayonnaise? Okay, so moving on. Uh, Sound like eggs. Well, like, do, who do you, who do you think came up with the idea of mayonnaise? You know, so I think they um they rebooted eggs, uh, similar to this mm-hmm. podcast, and <laughs> also similarly to a MMO RPG, uh, that they uh, remade, relaunched in 2.0 called a Rem- Realm Reborn. And Segway. This, <laughs> recently, this past week, there was a uh, fan fest for Final Fantasy fourteen, which is what mm-hmm. we're talking about, and. It was pretty cool. I me I'm pretty like timid and like not interested all that much with Final Fantasy 14 even though I'm like a huge Final Fantasy like franchise fan, but shaking my head. But I mean, I have dabbled as uh there's a record a public record on this podcast of with it and uh Aaron is a huge fan. Ari mm-hmm. who's been on the podcast, huge fan. Um and I'm just like a fan but not a huge fan by any stretch. But uh, I was watching the stream with them, and there were a couple of announcements that like sh- like that were like hype for me personally, mm-hmm. which uh, where they announced the new DPS uh, job, the melee DPS job, which is a scythe user. Yeah, it's like it, it's new for this, like for the series as a whole for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy fourteen, the Reaper class, and it's uh, pretty cool. It's a this yeah. like ghost guy that like like fights with you. You also have your scythe, and then you like absorb the ghost guy, and then you attack. It's cool. Yeah, you like transform into it. I guess I don't know. It's like in that. Uh, it's like that Pokemon manga where they uh, fuse with the Pokemon. It it's almost like um, a devil trigger kind yeah. of concept. It's pretty interesting. Mm. So there was that, and then there was also this huge, like, Marvel-style, like, one more thing, um, like, after the credits, which was male Vieira, which they yeah. said that they would never do. They they introduced in Shadowbringers, right? They introduced two new playable classes, uh, or races, races, I guess. Yeah. Races, which were the, uh, what, Rothgar? Rothgar. Yeah, Rothgar, which are, like, lion men. They're like a like what Kamara yeah. is in Final Fantasy X, and then uh, the Viera, which mm. we've only seen like women uh, Viera from Final Fantasy Twelve and like Evelise, I guess, which is like the tactics universe, yeah. whatever. Um, and 
they were like we're not making the like other gender counterpart so don't ask yeah the it's a lot of work (laughs) and like because you have to consider the fact that they have to convert every single uh wearable item equipable item at any point in time to those body types and um especially for the Viera and uh rothgar who have like different shaped heads and like big ears jutting out like they have to uh fit in the hats specifically to the point where like a lot of wearable hats don't even like work on them like you can equip them but they'll they just won't be invisible or whatever uh without any point of choosing so yeah basically it was like an insane undertaking and it cost a lot of money but they said that like the team just wanted to do it and they did it (laughs) so yeah and so they showed off a trailer featuring the male viera and the internet exploded but then they also went on to say that we're making the female rothgar as well yeah which is sick i didn't show us Mm -hmm. any like stuff it's just like that's they said that uh yeah they knew that they wanted to do both but obviously it's a huge undertaking so they started with the male viera um and they wanted it to be done in time for the release of the new expansion which is like was not a requirement by any means for anybody but they did it anyway um and they said that like they were considering uh waiting until the female hrothgar were finished um before releasing it but they said that they were just you know so excited to get it out and they know that people wanted it so that they decided to include it in the uh, next expansion which is fucking crazy which comes out uh november 23rd uh mm. 2021 this fall right before thanksgiving haha yeah um yeah so there are a bunch of other like news and highlights and all that stuff but uh that was the uh those are the biggest things that stuck out to me on the first night if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. um there was some other stuff like they had this really nice concert and then there was this like really heartfelt uh moment between uh Soken, who's the, yeah, the uh, uh, composer for the for the game the closing ceremony they um so they like everybody was like doing their uh like wrap-ups of the um of the show like all the people who were involved were like you know saying how they felt and like wanted to give a message to the players or whatever um and so when it came to yoshi p's turn the producer director you know the like spearhead of the whole game he was saying that like oh we have one more announcement from our uh, music composer uh masayoshi soken and um he came out and revealed that during the production of endwalker during the height of covid19 last year he soken got diagnosed with cancer oh man <laughs> which is like fucking crazy and mm. uh they went on to say that it was like his choice to continue working in the hospital like they figured out a way to like give him access to the tools that he needed and the correspondence that he needed with his sound team to be able to keep producing like music and work for the expansion because he knew it was coming out so uh well it's not not was it not just like part of like like shadowbringers content as well yeah yeah it was Shadowbringers content. 
Yeah, so it was like last last like April, like right before yeah. like the first lockdown, he got diagnosed and was like mm. hospitalized until like I believe October of this year, and he was yeah, working on and this whole time like he had been like producing music that was in mm. the game already, like and some of the uh, what has been found by the fandom to be some of the best songs yeah. in the game. Mm. And <laughs> like, uh and so yeah, they were saying that like the only people that knew were yoshi p and the sound team and um and the ceo i think yeah yeah so like everybody else like you know as per his request like continued to just like treat everything normally because you know they couldn't they were everybody was like home for quarantine like they couldn't even see him in the hospital if they knew and wanted to um but so yeah they like i think uh one of the the quest designers who was saying that like I kind of feel bad for like you know emailing you back and forth and telling you to like oh take off 0.1 second of this uh song so that it fits better with the like scene and it's like and yeah uh yoshi p the whole time was uh you know very uh he was like crying the whole time it, it was like really sad <laughs> yeah he was and, trying uh, to hold back his tears but, yeah. the whole time because like he knew that like he was saying that it felt so bad, like, trying to make that decision to, uh, you know, like, in despite of consideration for, like, his health and the situation that he was going through to let him work because he knew that it was, like, the only thing that would really keep him going, <laughs> like, through the whole treatment. Um, it's because it's what he wanted, and, like, he felt bad not being able to tell anybody and, like, all this crazy shit, and it's like, goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why this game is so good. Yeah. It's incredible. The mm-hmm. uh, team dynamics on that. For yeah. Sure. And uh and like this is all after uh they played uh the live show, which is um for people who don't know the uh Masayoshi Soken, the composer, um and the one of the heads of the uh translation department, um Christopher Koji Fox, who uh, also like plays a big role in a lot of the announcements because he's like a translator for Yoshi P personally and uh, Sokin. Um, and he also writes the, helps write and sings the uh, a lot of the songs in uh, the game because uh, he can speak English. So, but uh, yeah, this is after they like played a band version of like a lot of the songs that they have. Uh, they have a band called the Primals, which like does a. Uh, I guess recompositions uh, in a five-man band format of uh, the songs that they have in the game, and so they like literally played a live show and like fucking killed it. <laughs> and then like he comes on stage like right after that, and it's like, yeah, so I had cancer and I beat it. It's in remission right now, uh, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like what? Yeah, I know. I can you not like literally nobody knew. Yeah, it's like wild. Crazy. I missed a hell of a show. Oh, it was yeah. at like uh It was at like seven thirty in the morning. I like yeah. just happened to be up and I was like just happened to be haha. Yeah, I was like actually about to go to sleep, but then uh-huh. I was like, eh, might as well like watch the closing ceremony. I'm here for it. Um and I enjoy watching those things. So, like <laughs> it goes on and I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did not shit. expect to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's wild. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah, and then other than that, they uh, announced uh, a deal with uh, like a partnership with Fender to sell you a mm-hmm. real life uh, thirty five hundred dollar Final Fantasy fourteen guitar. Wow. It's and, a uh, special edition, like custom made uh, guitar. Uh, they had a collaboration with Fender to make something that is uh, actually very uncommon of Fender to do um, in the way that they have their guitar set up. Uh, but also it has like Final Fantasy themes and uh, the logo is uh, on the inlay on the 12th fret um, for Final Fantasy 14. looks fucking sick. Uh, you also get like an in-game guitar that you can play and it sounds exactly like the real-life guitar. And you can also uh, have it displayed like as a housing item like the guitar is like uh on the wall you can put it on the wall it's fucking crazy that is fucking crazy. yeah That's... it looks fucking sick and i want it and we'll try to get it yeah didn't they couldn't you get it like as a base as well uh so i think i wasn't sure if like this is something that they said i can't even remember uh or if it's something that i heard somewhere but i think they wanted to do a both a bass and guitar in collaboration with Fender because it's um, Fender's what like fiftieth, seventy fifth anniversary, some shit like that. I think fiftieth. But um, so they did like this collaboration with Final Fantasy, uh, and they wanted to do a bass version. I think um, by the end of the day, I don't think they had like the time or resources for it. Maybe like yeah, in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's fucking nice. Yeah. It looks cool. The in model, the in game model looks awesome too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's basically all I got for FanFest. If uh, if you have anything else, I mean, I mean they showed an extended edition of the trailer for Endwalker. Um, yeah. Full six minute trailer. They showed off some new uh, areas in. Uh, CG, uh, and then they proceeded to like give us a walkthrough uh, in-game of those areas. The uh, um, <clears throat> one of the new main cities, Old Charlayan, uh, which is apparently supposed to be a starting area, and like the original 1.0, 2.0, I think 2.0, uh, when Yoshi P came on. Um, but uh, it's this place that's been like referred to and talked about since like the beginning of the game, uh, and we're finally going to be going there and it's like modeled after like greek uh architecture it looks fucking awesome like it looks crazy um they showed off like a couple other areas uh labyrinthos which is like biodome apparently <laughs> like it's like a big dome uh dome city thing um and mare lamentorum which is on the moon um they also showed off uh, Loporitz, which is a new beast tribe, which is basically the Hemingways from Final Fantasy IV, uh, and also the Magus sisters. Yes. And they're yeah. going to have some role, um, and they basically look exactly like they did in Final Fantasy IV. Like, there's just, like, there's just a lot of Final Fantasy IV uh, yeah. illusions and uh, content coming into the game, um, which is fucking sick. But yeah, there's a lot. It's just a lot. Yeah, the um, I just noticed the uh, they've been using like 
Summer Games Fest has been using like they made their trailer for like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're using like some of the uh, like CG like extended trailer content for um from the end walker full trailer like in yeah. their like montage trailer also mm-hmm. uh separately as we transition to a new topic uh uh summer games fest comes back officially june 10th which is a couple days before nice. e3 starts so mm-hmm. there's that but yeah uh, we're gonna step away from video games just for a little bit to talk about new animated shows from warner mm-hmm which are basically just DC, Cartoon Network, and HBO Max are partnering to make two different shows, Batman, uh, The Caped Crusader, and mm-hmm. Superman. Uh, what is what is the name? Right? My Adventures with Superman. My Adventures with Superman. And, you know, honestly, I'm way more interested in the Superman show. Uh, I like the uh, art style it's going for, which is, like, way more anime. It kind of looks that- like a lot like um what they're doing with uh she-ra oh yeah i guess so it really does look like that yeah it looks like a combination between shira and like kipo um which are netflix uh exclusive shows which did we talk about he-man last week or was that like after the show uh i think that was after the show basically they they released a few images but like we don't have we don't have a trailer yet so i guess we'll talk about it when it gets there but when we have more yeah so they just announced these it's gonna follow um um clark lois and jimmy olsen mm-hmm. as like i oh, yeah, saw so that 20 somethings yeah in metropolis trying to make it yeah and it has the boys is jack quaid playing superman and alice lee i don't know her from anywhere but apparently i, I don't either that doesn't ring a bell but i'm sure if i saw her i'd be like oh it's her the but, thing that polygon like says she's from is zoe's extraordinary playlist which i don't know what that is uh, upon further like research apparently she's some like i've heard of that movie like uh and she's didn't it come out around YouTube. the time of juno i think I don't I don't, oh no, no 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 i think you're thinking of nick and nora's infinite playlist yeah zoe's oh yeah <laughs> uh zoe's extraordinary playlist is a show that's on nbc right now it's uh basically a woman gets hit in the head and then she starts seeing like everyone uh express themselves through song interesting. and and it's it's interesting uh like every episode they have like a musical number uh to like and like of course it's like i don't know if i should get a turkey sandwich today it's like mm-hmm. like common things but it's an interesting premise i i still haven't seen it i've heard it's good but so uh the superman show is 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 produced in partnership between cartoon network and hbo max the same way that uh the batman show that we're about to talk about is mm-hmm whatever that means like is it coming to cartoon network is it going to hbo max like what i I would imagine that like we have it's uh matt reeves the guy who's directing the new batman uh jj abrams and uh for the for the batman show not for the not for the superman show yeah this is for the batman show um and uh who else is it? It's a guy who originally. I I feel bad that I'm forgetting his name. Uh, it's not Paul Dini. It's the other it's, guy. It's uh, Bruce Tim. 
Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves, Bruce Tim, and J. Uh, J. J. Abrams for the for the uh, Batman Cape Crusader show, which is essentially they're mm. using the uh, original like original OG design yeah. for Batman. Long years. Uh, it's taking like a noir take on a year one origin story from what i understood from all of this yeah uh it just i mean my hope was that these two shows will cross over in some way but this yeah. does not sound like that is something that fits they don't fit together like puzzle pieces to me yeah um, which i so. mean i i'm kind of i i'm kind of burnt out of uh the batman origin story like, oh, for sure. We've seen it. It's the most... Uh, I think that's what we've seen the most out of any... Uh, any, like, cinematic or yeah. television show, like, story. It's just yeah. overdone. That's, I don't know how many times we can see, like, a movie theater or opera scene and, like, the crime alley thing. I just don't care anymore. Yeah, that's why I'm glad the new movie, like, they, like, stated definitively we're not going to see it here uh, i mean we saw it in the joker of all things. yeah like, which I, I remember seeing that i was like you're kidding me I you're know. kidding me <laughs> like, so dumb it was like son of a bitch <laughs> uh but i was yeah i um i don't know it, i'm sure it's gonna be good uh yeah. you, you got great talent on it uh i'm just yeah i hopefully there's more to it because if it's just the Batman, but in the 1940s, I... Yeah, I guess so. 39 to 40s. Yeah. Like, I guess if they can use that style, yeah. but it shouldn't be, like, modern-ish, I assume. Because they want it to hook up with other stuff. But I doubt. Like, I doubt yeah. that it's going to probably be just a self-contained thing and whatever. Yeah. I just I... don't... I like that they're experimenting with things like Superman... Yeah, but I, mm. I like something that would fit his character essentially. Totally. And then they just lean into this like we have to be very specific and strict about what we do with Batman. No experimentation. No, no like, yeah. whatever. Because B- Batman's so uh, sacred. I mean, he's like one of the, like the second highest grossing uh, superhero of all superheroes. So yeah. I mean. I mean, consi- consistently, he's, like, on the top of, like, the comics, like, uh, uh, highest grossing comics of yeah. each month. It's, uh, what was it? It was, I think, the Immortal Hulk ended up being higher than uh, Batman at one point, And then they pretty much fired who was on Batman at that point because wow. of that. And Jeez. Damn. Yeah. Is that not Tom King? That was Tom King. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. So, uh, but then they ended up giving him uh, his own uh, miniseries to kind of round up everything he wanted to do. So The Batman uh, and Catwoman book. Yeah. yeah, which I hear it's good. I'm just kind of like, it's it's in their new prestige format, the Black Label. So yeah, it, so it's just it's specifically for a different audience. Yeah, it's which specific. and like I totally get like the mainstream Batman book can't be like a Tom King book. Yeah, personally, I feel that way. Tom King, while he tells like incredible specific, there's specific stories. Yeah, that are not in like the mainstream. They are tailored to an older audience. It's not evergreen in that way. Yeah, it's like 
generic you can pick up any issue of batman and it will be batman on the page yeah i i think i i like the majority of his run i feel like a lot of what where his run goes wrong is kind of as an a result of like higher ups probably telling him like i think the book goes down once batman is told like well in order to be batman you can't be happy so you can't get married that's so dumb yeah that stuff's so stupid yeah uh anyway that's it for that i'm hyped for this superman show with no release date or footage other than one image that i saw (laughs) and uh i mean maybe i'll watch it i probably not honestly we just as we get uh farther and farther into uh just there's so much media there's not enough time basically yeah right now Uh, uh, if you if you guys are interested in a current Superman show beforehand, Superman and Lois has just uh, started again. So is it renewed for a second season? Or uh, is it just... renewed for a second season. They boosted the number of episodes for this season. I believe it was originally ten. Now it's up to thirteen. Wow. And uh, yeah, I think a big name is directing the finale too. I forget, but um. It's probably, uh, it's the guy who plays the reverse Slash in Flash. Oh, so, cool. Um, and yeah, it's doing pretty good. And I just watched the new episode this morning. It's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> uh, we're gonna step back yep. into video games to step then back into uh, pop culture stuff. Uh, okay. So, everyone knows about this uh, Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, that it's getting a switch port basically in June. It comes out early June. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to like a month from now. It'll be out. Uh, at the time, uh, Skyward Sword was like controversial because it was motion controls only, all that stuff, and uh, had a different art style than any other Zelda before it. It was just like was it was it shell cell shaded or what was because I remember yeah, looking yeah it. it was like this watercolor like style and it like had very different like it was the most different Zelda design other than like Wind Waker but it was like the biggest like artistic departure from like Twilight Princess which people like they think of like Twilight Princess as an extension of like Ocarina of Time so the Ocarina of Time. Yeah. and twilight princess those were like the definitive looks for link and zelda mm-hmm. and then you get wind waker which is like an aberration and people on the internet like freak out they're either like super hardcore about it or super um like hateful about it like it's just like one way there's there's no middle ground and That's... there was like, a bunch of spinoff games that featured um that styling and whatever yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah, the traditional quote unquote traditional games, they did not that Skyward Sword did not take it. W- it was unique in that it just went its own way essentially. That, that's interesting because I remember even then when it first came out, I remember hearing like little bits of like, "Oh, he looks terrible," and it was like, <laughs> it, I mean, it looks like they just merged like to me, it looks like they merged Twilight Princess with uh, Wind Waker. Like, I mean, yeah, I could see that. It, yeah, it definitely, it. yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, I, I don't never, mind it. Yeah, I never understood that because I'd never have thought that there's a definitive way that 
Link should look or Zelda yeah. should look. There's like no definitive look for those games. Like, yeah, oh, like the definitive look is like the five pixels that make yeah. up Link in the original <laughs> games. Uh, change my mind. Everything else is shit. <laughs> the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole, um, the whole series of, has a wide range of what Link is supposed it, to like, look like. Makes what, no sense. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. So people are like freaking out, and then there's going to be a generation that thinks that if it doesn't look like Breath of the Wild. Uh, which Breath of the Wild looks? Oh, we're already in that generation. Like an oh, extension yeah. of like it looks like a further iteration on the Skyward Sword look. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sure. Um, I, I was like, I was gonna say next, like, and it looks like Wind, uh, not Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild right now. Yeah. So Breath yeah. of the Wild, I think that Breath of the Wild is just like a little bit of like an improvement on that style, but like they're they're different. They have like a lot of similarities, but yeah. I, I guess looking at the two of them next to each other i would personally choose yeah. uh, breath of the wild but yeah. regardless of art and art direction the game is coming out it already at full price 60 dollars full price 60 dollars a port <laughs> of this game they're they're the re-releasing it for like the original price again yeah well no it's ten dollars no, more than it it's ten dollars more yeah, yeah. because it came out in the game. wii generation yeah. so it's 50 oh. so it's 60 bucks now for this game that they still they're basically like leaving the motion controls in and then also letting you do them but with a like a, the right stick on the on the Joy-Con for mm-hmm. their uh, Switch Lite people but at the end of the day um uh like okay so they added they they definitely added some like gameplay changes and improvements for this remaster and this port this re-release and then they announced the amiibo, which is Zelda and her loft wing, which, uh, okay, all right. But what, it, like, amiibos in these games it looks unlock. Cool. It looks great. Yeah. It's wonderful. It unlocks, uh, like, amiibos unlock specific features in the games that they're, like, made for or other games that they're compatible with. This one unlocks fast travel from anywhere that you are. To <laughs> go back to the hub world area, really. Mm-hmm. So, so it's okay. a broken ability that you're. So hearing. it's like, why are you making me spend twenty five dollars? It's an it's a twenty five dollar amiibo, twenty five dollars for a feature that should just be in the game already. Like you, sh- if you have the ability to make that feature and put it in mm. the game, why isn't it just already in the game? Yeah. Why are you charging me an arbitrary twenty five extra dollars for this thing that you can do already in the game that you made happen? Yeah, there's like, been a what? lot of backlash over that. <laughs> and Nintendo is Nintendo, so, so they're not going to change anything. Yeah. They're not going to. It's not going to hurt them. They're not going to lose sleep over it. They just won't do anything about it. That's just the way it is. Just to be clear with this, like it, you don't unlock fast travel at any point in the game the you... only way that you can like go back to the uh skyloft area as it's mm-hmm. called is if you like go to a save point yeah really? which there are just like save point location pillars or whatever mm-hmm. that and those you are can then fast you can travel then to skyloft but now it's you you are anywhere in the field you are in dungeons or in dungeons and you scan yeah. the amiibo and you could just and you can go. just go back it's like what the fuck that's wow 
Yeah. It's just like, why? Wh- who thought that was a smart idea? Like, I get selling Amiibo. Sure. I understand selling this product. But, like, that's a, like, just a function of the game. That's just like a, <laughs> like a core quality of life thing. And if you're already charging $60, full $60 for a port of a game that wasn't as, like, widely adopted because of, like, the control scheme... You didn't do very much to change that control scheme for console users. You have a known like joystick problem, and you're putting all the movement of mm-hmm. like the main mechanic on a joystick. Um, okay, fine. All right. Okay. Full sixty dollars. That kind of bums me out, but maybe I was interested. I wasn't personally. I wasn't willing to get it. Uh, but then you had this like twenty-five dollar required amiibo to have a mechanic in the game. Like just like a function of the game, quality of life function. I just don't understand personally. Yeah. Uh, who thought that was gonna be cool and no one would notice or whatever? <laughs> I mean, but, it's like you have this game that is like critically not received very well, uh, mainly because people fucking couldn't even play it or like didn't want to play it because of the motion controls, and then you're re-releasing it to like hopefully get in good favor with like people and show people how good this game is and then you do that <laughs> like yeah i don't know it's like they're trying everything they can to like make it fail again classic nintendo uh to borrow a term from 30 rock um explain it to me in uh kingdom hearts uh would this be like uh if they like re-released recoded and did the shit or like well that would say like there's recode is beloved by anyone but yeah i don't know it's just like (laughs) it's tough it's really tough that they thought that this was a decision that it wasn't just bad yeah which again this is me speaking as a playstation boy um is uh is amiibo still like used like i mean people collect them like they uh, collect them. when the yeah. smash brothers like amiibos come out i pretty much pick them up like i no i wouldn't necessarily get like every single one but when like when they had the joker and the uh hero um, like amiibos uh-huh. come out like i have cloud like i have a lot of the smash like character ones yeah. But, um, like, I'm not going to go for, like, I personally, I'm not, I don't have any nostalgia for Banjo, so mm-hmm. I didn't get the Banjo and Kazooie amiibo, but, like, it was on the list. Like, Byleth, I don't really care about, but, um, I have, like, all the other Fire Emblem ones, so I, I just got the Byleth one, but it didn't really speak out to me. Um, and I will get the, uh, Sephiroth one, but that drops for sure, but yeah they don't to me they're they don't they're just i have figures i put on my shelf like i'm not i'm not going to have the the smash characters like be trained like train them or whatever but this mm. breath of the wild ones like specifically the i think it's the young link um it's like the majora's mask link mm-hmm. you get like uh like a dlc cost like you get this kind of costume that like it i think it's the um 
I don't know what it is. It's like the deity like costume. It's like one of the strongest like thing like costumes like our clothing that you can get in the game. And it was like locked behind this amiibo that had such a super limited run. So when they re-released the amiibo, I got it so I could get that in Breath of the Wild. But other than that, like that thing was only like twelve, thirteen dollars. It wasn't twenty five dollars for a mechanic, like a phys- like a mechanic in a game, like that to me is ridiculous like it was optional it, it wasn't a core function to me that's why i didn't i don't really care about it but when you do that like that's something different but anyway yeah they like really like put the like put amiibos on the back burner after a while which i mean they sold well the the scarcity that nintendo made sold like like it did wonders mm-hmm. for them but mm-hmm. i assume it slowed down over the over the years but yeah uh okay now we're going back out of the video game realm just for a bit until we go to our weekend review which brings us to warner media merges with discovery so at&t the parent company of all this uh, desi- decided to get rid of the thing that they don't know how to manage in any way, which is uh, all of their media properties, basically, <laughs> besides a few video game studios. So AT&T announced that Warner Media and Discovery will be merging into a new company, which will merge the Discovery assets with the uh, Warner Media assets, which makes it um is it cnn tbs tnt warner brothers film television and hbo into a new big company which will bring um a lot it'll bring discovery channel animal planet tlc the food network and and uh, i think it's like hgtv something like that bring it all into one place so discovery plus is a is their streaming service and then they have hbo max that's going to be merged together. It's not going to happen uh, at least for a year or two. But mm. to put it into a bigger perspective, in 2016, 2016, AT&T purchased uh, Time Warner for $109 billion, capital mm-hmm. B billion. It is 2021 for $43 billion. Uh, of a kickback from discovery they're merging the companies and like just like putting it in someone else's hands the basically uh discovery ceo will take over this new merged company and division or whatever and to do so uh discovery's paying 43 billion for the chance to do that so it's like uh they're washing their hands of it after for like five years messing like routinely messing it up and making dumb decisions and firing people who uh like i guess knew better than them or whatever about it so it's just like what's wrong with you (laughs) and then further to bring it back to a video game uh space the warner uh like warner brothers game studios like the the conglomeration of studios like uh NetherRealm 
and Rocksteady mm-hmm. yeah. and Avalanche, all these places, they're getting like divvied up. It's not quite sure how they're getting divvied up, but like AT&T is retaining some of them and like some of them are going on to the new like company that is with Discovery. And it's interesting that like Warner Media holds like the licenses and properties for everything. So when you have Warner Brothers Studios, like the game studios separated and they're all working on licensed games, like what happens to those games and what happens mm-hmm. to those like dev teams and <laughs> no one knows and everyone's just like i hope it turns out well yeah right now the like everyone's like microsoft come in and save them just like come in and buy all that stuff out and it's just i mean sure i'm sure microsoft would love to pay the money to license out a suicide squad exclusive game for games pass and uh and otherwise and then just have like these more studios in their i, I thought in that, their back pocket i thought that's what was going to happen when uh things were first getting divvied up uh with the at&t five years ago i thought it was going to be uh what was it uh was it five years ago no it wasn't that long ago um we talked about it previously on a like on an episode of this of like yeah. AT&T looking to sell a Warner Brothers at Game Studios. Yeah. And we talked about how Microsoft was like the most likely like candidate for that. And here we go again with yeah. Microsoft being the candidate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like Insomniac was like uh, brought into just PlayStation. And so I thought like, oh, okay, so we're going to live in a future where... Uh, DC is going to be at Microsoft, and then uh, Sony is going to have Marvel games. But uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Um, might happen still. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. We'll find out, obviously. We just don't know enough. But that super sucks. Yeah. For real. It's, for everyone involved. Yeah. And what is it? Um, all the way back, I think, 2016. Yeah. Um, there was I remember there was an article about um, a note that um, like it was just a big uh, thing that an ex-worker of Warner Brothers said and it was basically what was written in there is like you guys keep making terrible decisions that is getting multiple people laid off uh, by following horrible trends and like uh, investing in the wrong spots and like even people who are working on it continuously say this is a terrible idea like it was uh in the wake of uh batman versus superman and mowgli uh that that had gotten people really a lot of people fired because of that so okay uh no it wasn't it wasn't even batman versus superman it was suicide squad uh there you go which I, was is. that the same year? Same year. So yeah, it could have been both. It could have been both. It, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, it was probably like they didn't expect that like backlash or whatever, like the reaction from Batman v Superman, and yeah. then like it doubled down when uh, Suicide Squad came out, and that was like lackluster. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I could see it, that happening um, for yeah. sure. And, but. Uh, but in the same thing, I was like. Uh oh, because they were like currently uh, 
Wonder Woman is in the shitter. Like, it was like during the production and they were like, this movie's gonna bomb. Which, I guess I'm glad that they were wrong about that, but, uh... Yeah, there's whole... There's yeah. a bunch of stuff about that, though. Yeah, uh, there's there's bad, bad elements of that movie, but, you know, which I yeah. could understand why they were like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. But luckily, it succeeded, so... Um, yeah, moving on to Microsoft, whether or not they are going to buy up uh, Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, I think, like, last week, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but, like, Starfield, the new Bethesda, like, space RPG. Oh, yeah. There was some, like, leaked footage and all that stuff, and then there was also, like, confirmation by, like, a credible source that that is not coming to PlayStation. Like... I think it was billed as a PlayStation bad. exclusive, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. now it is totally going to be an Xbox and uh, Games Pass slash PC exclusive, not coming at all to uh, PlayStation, which, I mean, obviously if I spent over $7 billion on a company, I wouldn't want my IP going to my competitor for sure. I get that. Um, everyone and their brother tried to be like, I think even we said uh the possibility of a uh multi-plat future for all these bethesda games mm-hmm. and properties was possible and yeah sure it's possible but yeah unlikely highly unlikely yeah so and now we have like conf- confirmation that it's way sooner than we than quote-unquote we thought it would be for yep. that exclusivity so yeah there's that tough yeah, I'm not too hurt about it because I don't really play Bethesda games personally. So, well, anyway, they haven't been yeah. good in like over a decade. So, yeah, Aaron's not on the Skyrim hype train. <laughs> I... On the Skyrim poop train. <laughs> wow. Well, we have okay. the name of the episode, but uh... and now that <laughs> no, we have, I, uh, I, I now just... we have have discussed all that. It's time for the week in review. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. All right, so last week we talked about uh, The Lost World and how the book was not as good as um, the first book, Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park. And so I finished The Lost World book, and I can guarantee you that that book is just more of Jurassic Park, but with characters that you don't really care about. Um, And then, secondly, we watched The Lost World film, Mm Mm-hmm which is just like off rails from the book immediately yeah and which point were you well i mean like the beginning is from jurassic park one the book so like i guess yeah you're right from the start it's just yeah it's like vaguely tries to like put the rails on like and just like kind of recontextualize and like change it up a little bit the Mm -hmm. premise the start of the lost world book but then it completely like diverts and it only diverts to make like an action movie for action movies sake like there's no real no one makes any logical like decisions and it like it's just kind of a strange in a lot of ways uh the decision making even with greed as like the motivation factor yeah there's points in it where like you think like the main villain uh should should like have some common sense like to be like no just stop now you know you're wrong 
Yeah, they were making this big point of like, what was it, John Hammond's kid or like uh, it's his nephew? Number? His yeah. nephew. They're making a big point of like, I'll do things differently. I'll be the next John Hammond, but I won't mess up. And then at the end of the movie, we oh like uh, like near the end of the movie, we get uh, Ian Malcolm, who is now this action movie hero, even though he's just like <laughs> some mathematician. They get to they they like give him this like really uh spicy line of like now you're really uh uh just like hammond yeah after like after like catastrophic after people get killed because of dinosaurs like there you go there's dinosaurs in these movies yeah like i don't know and i could see how they used a lot of the lost world like stuff in jurassic world Mm -hmm. and what i assume um fallen kingdom yeah, like Fall, second dress Fallen World Kingdom movie. has a a couple few elements that they sprinkled in there too. Yeah, so like I could see how they like didn't just like go there like super their own way, but yeah, overall I thought the dialogue was pretty interesting until they went to the island and then it was just like now we have to facilitate an action movie. Yeah, it's interesting because yeah, the lines just like become a little bit more hammy once yeah. they once they get onto the island but like right beforehand you're just like oh wow this is this is written very well and then like when they're on there it's like oh my god a dinosaur no it's, yeah, it's, it's not that bad but it's like no yeah it's just like yeah but it's just like not as um i don't know there's not as much heft to it it just all facilitates like things going wrong and dinosaurs attacking yeah. which obviously i mean maybe that is just the point yeah but it didn't match like how good and character driven the beginning of the film was so whatever uh it's it'll think, never Aaron? live up to its uh its predecessor and that is probably just the point yeah what do you think but Aaron? uh yeah any other thoughts for you both watched it with me i don't know I watched it when I was a kid. Hmm. I this okay. one this one I watched a lot as a kid as well. I just uh, I I really I really like this one uh, despite its flaws. I I feel like um, it again. The problem is like the first one's like a classic. It's like it's amazing and it's hard to surpass it. And so like I. I usually come at all of them with just kind of like, like an appreciation of like, I'm just like, well, you, you, you tried, you really tried. And you know what? I appreciate that. Uh, the only one that I'm like, oh, this movie's just bad is uh, three. And that's, oh, cool. that one's because yeah. it's a product of the, there was like production issues. The script got rewritten like five times. Um, and, uh, by the end of it, they were just like, just finish it, just finish it. And you, you feel, you feel it at the end of it. You're just like, oh, wow. They just, they just wrap this up like in five mm-hmm. seconds. <laughs> but so, well, I don't plan on watching three anytime soon. So yeah. until we'll be, next we'll, week, um, uh, <laughs> We finished, all of us finished Resident Evil Village, which I want to talk about in depth, but I think we'll wait until the end of the show so that we can, like, send people away if they don't want to be spoiled on that relatively new game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm the only one here that watched season four of Castlevania. 
which came out last week. Um, no it's spoilers because like neither of you have seen it, um, so I don't have to like we nope. can't discuss it in depth. But um, Castle uh, Castlevania, like I I've liked it. I've watched it consistently since it came out uh, on Netflix. It's a good show. I think that the first uh, the first three seasons, like first like watching them individually, it's kind of um, a little bit lackluster. Personally, they're like they feel it feels like they were designed to be binged, and it feels like they were designed to be binged like in one go, like all four seasons. And after I didn't know after watching season three, I personally wasn't as hyped. So, like, when they announced that season four was coming and it was the last season, I kind of was like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not super excited about it. But uh, for some reason, I woke up at, like, an ungodly hour of, like, 4.45 in the morning and just Mm -hmm. put Castlevania season four on because, like, no one... I was, like, in this, like, weird state where I wasn't, like able to focus on working on anything but i could watch something so i watched all of it basically in one sitting and i felt that after the end of it it was the great like climax of the of like the story arc that they were telling Mm -hmm. so if if each season isn't like uh it isn't like a um a closed end in my mind maybe the 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 creators of the show feel differently but in my mind it's the sequence of like a three act structure so you get like season one and two that like set up and like go into the second act season three is like the falling action in the second act and then season uh and then season four is the climax and the uh the resolution like if if you watch it and or think about it in that mind it's consistently a great story that really pays off what it's what it's doing Mm-hmm. So, so I liked it. It did a good job. It got to the finish line, and I don't have too much criticism when I think about it as like overall the thing overall. As if I think about it as just an individual season with the story it's telling, not much of a. I, I don't think it. It's mm-hmm. not self-contained as a season in any okay. way. I don't think any of the shows seasons well, yeah. are self-contained yeah. in any way. So. Yeah, it's sixth landing of the story they started. That's great. Season one, and so. it's getting a spinoff from what I hear, right? I don't know about that. Is it? Yeah, apparently they haven't like put a name to it yet, but somehow that's uh, getting a spinoff. Uh, I don't know if they've attached any characters to it, but oh, interesting. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, some of the animation and the action sequences in uh, season four are outstanding like i guess the show overall is known for its action sequences and all that mm-hmm. but uh for whatever reason there was like i would say like if if okay so to put it in like a math way it's like so like 70 percent of all the action scenes were outstanding and then there was like 30 percent that were like really hard to follow mm-hmm. and that they thought were cool but weren't mm-hmm. actually all that like clean or cool to 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 look at that's how i felt anyway okay. um and they were definitely using like um 3d animation like 3d models for certain characters and for most of it it was really 
hard to tell the difference when they were like switched to the 3d models and not but um there's just like little things that you could tell and it maybe it's just me who is like overanalyzing it like looking too hard so i don't mm. think anyone else will be like bothered by it but it was just like noticeable my brain did like flick a switch basically when i was watching it so i can get that that's that's about all i got on that rob and i watched paddington yep which is an incredible film that is like i understand why it's so beloved that yeah was a great heartwarming experience like it's a kids movie yeah but it's like oh just a really good movie like i i had a smile on my face like the whole time yeah it's a it's it knows how to endear itself to you and it's like it's just like a bowl of like hot soup for your soul it's just uh hot soup is a bad idea because now i'm just imagining hot soup being splashed onto somebody um but (laughs) Mm -mm. that's kind of hilarious but no it's uh i guess chicken soup for the soul is what i was thinking of but is uh, that a book chicken soup for the soul probably uh but yeah no i i watch it uh and it's it's just like a it's just good for the heart i think it kind of gives you um it just makes you feel good about life and uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to paddington too yeah so i i can't wait to watch it with you man yeah so yeah uh yeah it's good watch it if you haven't yep for real uh okay i played the demo for worlds and club which is uh made by the danganronpa people um does that mean anything to anyone here no i i thought for a second you were i've like always heard of those games but i don't really know what they're about so okay so like danganronpa is basically like a visual novel slash like investigation game and it's kind of like a murder mystery and also saw huh so so the that's the premise of uh, and they're like super dark games they like kill characters all the time and they're pretty like gruesome about it um anyway it's like i'm pretty sure it's like rated m and that's like the point i don't like i need to i'm gonna look it up right now because uh i don't know why but i thought like world's end club was like actually a kid's game um but it totally is not like Mm. i think that they were saying something like this time it's not going to be like um this was like like a dark yeah but okay so you thought this was like going to be like the opposite of a dark gritty reboot for the game yeah but it's like it's totally separate like it's a totally separate thing from uh um it's like its own like new story thing Uh but it's like from the creators of that and so it has like those like mystery and investigation elements it was also totally designed for mobile phones but like then ported to the switch like straight up like Uh i can tell from the the design it's not bad like it's fine but it's not a like 
I guess, go into it with that kind of mentality or whatever. And it's not a full price game. Like, it's not a $60 game. I think it's only, like, $40. And then they have, like, limited edition versions that, like, make it more, like, expensive. But you get yeah. stuff. Um, which, that's cool. Um, the first half of it was released on Apple Arcade, like, a while ago. Um, but then, like, the second part comes out, I believe, on the same day that the physical edition on the Switch comes out. I think it comes to PC as well. Don't I don't 100% know about that. Uh, yeah, so basically, the game is set in, like, 94 or 95. And then, like, you're on this, like, bus. And everyone on the bus, like, watches something crash into Tokyo and explode and then you get Mm. all of you show up out of these like pods in this underwater like aquarium theme park it never opened and this like magical character shows up and like you all have wristbands on and it's like each of you has the task of another one of you on your wristband but only one of you will be able to escape from here um so like alive essentially and so Mm. like and like you have an hour and this is chapter (laughs) one and so i'm like oh i thought this was like i thought this game was like gonna be a bunch of friends who stopped like the end of the world and immediately it's just like no, uh, I'm gonna kill you. Like, there's also like, uh, like game over states of like you making the wrong choice. So like, hmm. th- at the beginning of the game, it's like, oh yeah, we can totally trust each other. It- it'll be fine. All we have to do is all everyone will reveal their their um true colors. their wristbands to to like each other, and we'll figure it out how to defeat this evil robot who is gonna kill us if we uh, don't comply. Uh. And then, like, this, like, character is, is like, hey, main character guy, let's show each other our wristbands at the same time. And so you can either choose to ignore them or choose to, like, go over to them. So basically to test the bounds of, like, what kind of game this was, I walked over to the guy and he was like, wow, I thought you were smarter than that. And he just, like, slugs you and it just game over screen. <laughs> And then it puts you back, like, Weird. right at the start of it. And then, mm. it, like, the same scene plays out. And then I ran off the screen. And he then, and then it goes over to the, the guy. And he's like, man, I knew I had to take you out first. You're just too smart. <laughs> and then it just, like, continues on. And, uh, yeah, so it's, like, platforming elements and, like, um, finding, like, like, solving puzzles and all that stuff. Yeah, it it's pretty interesting. I like really enjoyed it, but it definitely has a dark sense of humor. So, it's uh, only rated teen. So mm. there's that too. But I'm excited. The art style is by like the Pokemon Sun and Moon and like Sword and mm. Shield person. It the character designs are really really interesting. They're like really nice to look at. So. Yeah, I don't know. The whole first chapter, which goes into the full game, is, like, playable for free on uh, Switch. So, 
it i think it was only like an hour or two hours but it's uh it's yeah. pretty fun if you're into that kind of thing you have a switch there's no reason not to check it out comes out uh a week from this podcast release so this podcast will go up on the 21st comes out on the 28th so yeah pretty cool soundtrack's pretty good too but that's about that i enjoyed it i'm glad i played the demo mm-hmm. um but i also had as soon as was announced i pre-ordered the limited edition on nis uh america site so that's me though <laughs> yeah, that's yeah i never got into the danganronpa games they kind of just like the art style and the like kind of just like weirdness of it was just too much for me but this one had like the right like kind of a perfect storm and especially being on the switch that definitely got me like over the edge the hesitation and it really does play um they do a lot with the character designs and like the voice acting to play up this like stereotype you you expect from from like quote-unquote those types of characters and it mm-hmm. like subverts those expectations pretty like like regularly it subverts those expectations which i think is like a standard for um the danganronpa games as well okay. but mm. yeah it's cool yeah. i recommend it if you're into that kind of thing and have a switch so you know well i don't have a switch so neither does rob so yeah 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 well anyway <laughs> Aaron you played some Mass Effect Legendary Edition I did do that how is it indeed uh it's good it's uh I'm playing on PC okay I'm not using a controller because I kind of wanted to see like how it would feel yeah um but the game has like built-in mouse acceleration for those of you who don't know if it like detects how fast you're moving your mouse like if you're like moving your mouse across your mouse pad in like a quick way it will accelerate the turning in game to like because it, I, I don't know it like wants you to be able to turn faster with like less space i guess like if you had a small mouse pad but i have a big mouse pad and i'm like pretty particular about my mouse sensitivity and you know i know where i want to look and how i want to look so like when i do try to like (laughs) aim and turn it like overshoots a lot or like undershoots it's like super annoying like you can't turn it off Mm -hmm. hopefully there'll be a mod for it or something a lot of the uh control and sensitivity options on pc are super limited like yeah the mouse sensitivity um the like um sensitivity scaling i guess is weird like there's high medium and low like you can't mess with it as much so like you i'm at this point where like when i'm in combat and i'm like aiming uh with a gun like the sensitivity is fine but when i'm out of combat because i had to turn it down for that like the base camera movement itself when i'm like walking around is like super slow it's just fucking annoying shit and like you can't um a lot of the key binds are like weird like i want to sprint with shift Mm -hmm. but uh the sprint button is also the interact with everything button 
and it's default bound to space. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's just a lot of fucking rear control options that are, I guess, indicative of it being an Xbox 360 game from like 2007. Um, yeah. I guess they could have done it better, but hopefully that's what mods are for, unfortunately, yeah. uh, for people to do the work of the developers on their own time uh, i guess oh i mean uh, sure for sure this was outsourced yeah i don't know it's but i mean still it's good to be back into that world and uh with better graphics and like there are quality of life updates um i've only, I've only gone like an hour and a half mm-hmm. into the game so it's not very far i've uh yeah completed like the introductory mission and i'm now on the uh citadel about to like get really into the main story yeah. um, just like walking around and trying to explore as much as I can uh, getting like Rex and Tali onto your team yeah I mean that'll be way later but oh, yeah. Oh, wait, like, yeah that's right I'm sorry it's been a while since I played yeah, that's it. yeah, no, it's, yeah uh, you're, you're basically at the point where I stopped playing Mass Effect 1 which <laughs> is like that area and then as soon as you leave for the first mission yeah. I like the game was like dumb hard for no reason and then i was like okay i won't do that mission then and so i went to like a mako like thing mm-hmm. and or the mako or whatever it's called and that was stupid and i was yep. just like oh, yeah. i guess i'm starting mass effect 2 now <laughs> mm-hmm. and Pro- then i probably the good move and then i played the opening cutscene of mass effect 2 and then i was like that was really cool and I don't really care because I have no like attachment to anything here, so I just stop. Yeah, playing. that's the problem with that. Like, well, I mean, I think I would have been in a fine space because I did. Um, I watched my brother play Mass Effect One, so I like, uh-huh. knew the whole story, and uh, I eventually got Mass Effect Two when that came out, and I wanted to play it by myself. But I learned that uh, certain characters uh, that would cross over from the first game, uh, they have like the default. I don't know, I guess canon options mm-hmm. uh, or canon decisions that Shepard had made in the previous game like already set if you yeah. didn't play it. Um, so like certain characters would be dead if like you didn't play the first one, which is like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how impactful it is on the story. I assume not that much. Uh, it's just like yeah. fan service stuff, uh, depending on what it is. But um, yeah, because I wanted those characters alive, I decided to go back and play the first one on my own and i like basically beat it in like record time i just like fucking went through everything as fast as possible <laughs> so like yeah there you go uh but which, yeah um which if you explore long enough like that game is a lot like bigger than i thought like every, oh yeah for sure every time i go back to mass effect one i discover a new mission that i never discovered in the first one like there's one where there's like an alien terrorist group that mm-hmm. like are trying to bomb a station and then i was like okay that's a small thing and then in the next it's either two or three they bring back those guys because yeah like and i was like oh i would have never seen this if i had never like looked around in mass effect one so mm-hmm. yeah i i uh i'm looking forward to doing that and choosing the same romance options that i always do in Damn. every playthrough yeah i'll see what happens i'm just like going through it uh trying to be a, like fresh eyes i guess uh yeah 
I'm mainly like you know wanting to get to Mass Effect two and three. Yeah. Um, but I do want to spend some time with Mass Effect one and uh, definitely take it slowly. I guess well not too slowly, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's so far there, it's good. Yeah. There's some good stuff with that. I I I definitely think the combat improves in two. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. But I think they have done like some work on the first game. Uh, okay. In Legendary Edition to uh, help it be less shitty. Did they bring in a, <laughs> Did they bring in a couple of elements from two and three, or how did they work with that? Uh, not that I can tell yet, but um, okay. From what I like heard. Oh, that's awesome. Of other people playing it. Yeah, today I heard they did something with. Uh, well, let me just ask, like, do you care about uh, a change that they did with three with Tally? It's a small one. Uh, I Is mean, it a story I thing? No. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I won't tell you. It's a guy. All right. Okay. Because if it's what I think I saw, then it's not. It's like almost inconsequential. Yeah, it's almost inconsequential. It's a uh, something with the romance option that they did. Like, oh, ch- they changed like one thing that like was just kind of a nitpick, but it wasn't mm. like anything. It's like, well, now Tally, uh, she has three arms now in the third game, or like uh, it's not anything like that. Uh, yeah. They yeah. um. All I know is that uh, yeah, that's fine. It okay. was big. It was a big deal at the time that they used like a specific like actress or model for her face that they finally revealed, and I believe they just changed it. Yeah, they changed it like a little bit. There's a big reveal of uh, of what no. she looks like in three, and yeah, yeah I'm sorry, Aaron. Not I mean, fun. That's not a spoiler. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's not a big. Deal. Well, yeah, I mean. Uh, but like they they changed it from uh, they just used a picture and they just like added some like different Photoshop elements to make it look alien, as opposed. That's fine. Uh, That's what aliens are. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the new one they just actually did the work and changed the character model and like uh, actually made it in game what she would look like. So that's it. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the end of the podcast where we talk about Village. Um, thank you for all, everyone for listening. If you would like to listen to our uh, second half of Village spoiler discussion, stick around. If you do not, haven't had the opportunity, then catch us next time uh, where we don't talk about Village anymore, even though it is a wonderful, fantastic game. Uh, my name is Blaze. You can find me at uh, all, like, the links on Twitter. They're below. Uh, Rob, same way. And his Instagram is also linked. Aaron as well. His uh, Twitter is linked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, follow us. Share with your friends, your uh, colleagues, your loved ones, whatever. Yeah. You know, if you think we're doing a good job. If you don't, uh, share it anyway for a good laugh. Yeah, just like, just publicly, like, show us for shame. Just like, yeah, we like... haven't gotten any uh, hate uh, feedback. So, you know, yeah, you know, just... obviously, uh, we haven't we haven't done anything uh, good or bad in the <laughs> eyes of anyone, apparently. Uh, anyway, that's it. Catch you next time, unless you're sticking around. In right. case, welcome to Resident Evil Village. Wait, hang okay, on. Okay, so we talked. We did not talk about the second Lord 
uh, boss fight because it like we didn't talk about the second lord's like area at all because it's like so cool. Yeah. And I continue to say that we will not talk about that. Yeah, that's so that one you should either look it up or play the game. You should watch it play through like yeah. without any knowledge going in for sure, or play it yourself and not know anything going in. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's um, great. Moving on from that, we get back to the village and we like roam around the village and now there's like i believe this is the part where there's like just an actual werewolf that like attacks you yeah um, yeah it's just called a werewolf it's not a lichen or anything yeah and he just like is in this area that you have to go through to get to the third lord um which i don't remember what the third lord's name is. uh that is moreau moreau yeah which, he's like the uh fish man fish man yeah so he like his he's like the uh, horrifying looking one like the most disturbing in yeah, my opinion, he looks like the most one. mutated yeah and he like you find out that he um is like pretty normal like comparatively he's pretty like 2021 like normal person when it comes to like, <laughs> personality like, i guess like uh he, he's super, he's uh, what we've all become depressed. uh yeah he just like watches uh like rom-coms and wishes like he watches static on the tv and then pukes <laughs> on the floor yeah i do that sometimes he, uh, yeah he was the mc of those rom-coms it's great uh he, and then he's got a pretty good twitter he He's doing his own podcast. He's doing pretty. He good. doesn't want to look like a like a jerk, uh, loser in front of all of his friends that hate him, and yeah. uh, so we can't steal back the like, our the piece part. of our daughter. Yeah, the piece of our daughter. Uh, but we do that anyway, and then we run out of there. Which, by the way, and... Ethan, he really should have left earlier. Like, oh, for sure. He like decided to like stay in and be like, yeah, well, fuck you, and, <laughs> yeah. like yeah and he just he kept falling he was just like wait by the way uh how's the weather outside today ethan i i didn't go out yet uh you mind aha i trapped you yeah so. ethan really got cocky there and early a bit of uh in the butt but anyway yeah you get out of there you take this boat to this area you do some like puzzles uh on these windmills and then you find out that Moreau is actually this giant sea creature that you have to fight. Yeah, and, and he uh, says the, the greatest line in the whole game to me, uh, where he comes out of the water and screams, "I'm the best!" <laughs> yeah, he does. So anyway, it's pretty like interesting, like giant um, mutated fish monster uh, boss battle. Uh, yeah, you just shoot it till it dies, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to avoid his puke. Yeah. What is what does uh what does uh Ethan say that really got you, Aaron? <laughs> what? He kept saying this one. He kept, you kept saying this one line that uh that Ethan said that everyone thought was like grown worthy. Is it like the line he says after he kills him? I don't. Yeah. Is it what? What is that? It line? was uh, you, as you were in life, fucking disgusting. No, no, no. No. Are it you talking like about something. when uh, you're like going through the puzzle section and you're like trying to find a way to get from point A to point B and Ethan like activates this crane and it lifts up a house like out of the water and Ethan's like, oh, I caught myself a big one. Yes, that's all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for remembering exactly what I was talking about. 
Yeah, that yeah. was fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is great. That is great. I just got a kick that, uh, <laughs> that you kept saying. It was so funny. And did you say uh, it in that same tone of like, I cut myself yeah. a big one. He did. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so we did that. Uh, killed that guy. Got the part of our daughter back. You know, normal, normal everyday Basic stuff. video game yeah. stuff. Um, and then... And then Heisenberg's like, "Hey, Ethan, uh, totally, uh, totally, come meet me at this place. Totally, uh, totally gonna help you out, bro. It's totally chill." Which, to be fair, he he did kind of want to help him out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, next part is we go to like a not like we go to a fake like area. We get the last vial. Um. And then we, like, basically, it's like Heisenberg sent us to go fight some of his henchmen to prove that we're worthy enough. Mm-hmm. And we go get the vial, we come back, we put it in the the pillar thing, we unlock uh, the area, we grab this, like, pedestal, or what is it called, the chalice or something? Yeah, yep. with all the pieces of your daughter in it. Yeah, and so we take that and we go um, to Heisenberg's factory. I forget this- that... I forgot that he picks up an entire pedestal and yeah, carries really it around funny. with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm imagining him with all this crap. It's so funny. But yeah, uh Yeah, you go to Heisenberg's factory and this part is just like arbitrarily long and confusing. Like even I like we're not playing, Ari's playing, but it's just like it's just like a lot of padding, it feels like, for no real reason. Like it's just like more padding than necessary yeah it's a it's a Um, very long level to the point where like even the developers knew enough to have ethan say there's even more of this level yeah (laughs) i mean i guess i get it because it's the last like area of the game where you're doing any of this so i feel like it could have been like a decision like on the back end of like oh and the game just ends after like Essentially, there's, like, just two more boss fights, really, after that, mm-hmm. if I'm not, like, super mistaken. But there is, like, a section in between that I guess uh, anyone else would argue. But it's your last real big time exploring with Ethan. That is true. Um, so, like, the core mechanics of the game is the last time you're doing that. Yeah, yeah so eventually, I it was fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. It, it was, like, fine, but I could understand how frustrating it would be to play that um i guess mm-hmm. it kind of dragged a little bit where i didn't feel like anything else dragged um but yeah you do that uh, heisenberg wants you to join him so you can defeat miranda yeah and you say no because uh why wouldn't you and then you proceeded uh, you proceed to be uh attacked by all of uh all of heisenberg's weird experiments yeah. where he literally attaches like engines and propellers like an airplane propeller to like a man yeah and like he has a bunch of these guys and that's like those are pretty cool interesting things yeah it's like it all makes sense at the end of the day in like the resident evil like universe yeah it's um it's really cool design uh they there's a bit of a dispute right now because there's a similar thing in a movie called frankenstein's army where uh they have like the same kind of propeller man kind of thing uh and there's like people on the internet are like oh well 
those people should sue because it's a little too similar, but uh, I think it's a homage, I guess. Uh, yeah, I I vaguely came across that that it was just like, oh yeah, they just ripped it from yeah. that thing. So I uh, uh, we'll find out if there get there's any more of that. But it is interesting. It's a cool design, and I definitely like. It would suck if that was my stuff that they that got yeah. ripped for sure. Um, I'll tell you what, it made me want to go check out Frankenstein's army. So I might yeah, just I kind of want to see that honestly. Um, okay, so we get through Heisenberg's uh, murder factory and uh, Heisenberg uh, like what happens after we fight his propeller guy and when he just oh, isn't there well we get we get the reveal before we actually uh, fight Heisenberg truly uh, Chris yeah. comes in and just says hey Mia I probably really should have told you this, like, at the beginning. Uh, we didn't kill Mia. That was Mother Miranda in disguise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole uh, chestnut yeah. of uh, Mia was not... That wasn't your wife we killed at the beginning of the game. It was uh, the shape-shifting monster lady who's been around for a million years and uh, has been... Uh, has like taken your baby the whole time also she can fake being dead so when we brought uh you guys to safety quote unquote we actually played right into her hands yeah also we have this tank thing with a chainsaw attached to it that uh, is made out of polycarbonate um not material so it's not it's not magnetic don't worry uh something that heisenberg made uh yeah and then chris modified it yeah Oh, okay, okay. So it was like one of Heisenberg's like experiments or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why he would make something specifically he can't manipulate. Is... It's the antidote to uh, the poison, if that makes any sense. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, I, that's the logic of it, but I don't... <laughs> Every uh, villain uh, makes their own downfall. Uh... I mean, I don't know. He's just like a weird experiment guy. True. Yeah. I guess he just decided to make something. I don't think it's any... Yeah that far-fetched yeah he's he's the mad scientist of the whole thing so yeah Yeah, i think it's better that heisenberg made it because in my brain it was that chris just made this thing no that was just wild to me yeah i was like oh okay chris just has this thing all right cool guys uh yeah so that makes it me feel better uh, honestly yeah Yeah, okay so chris fills you in on how he should have talked to you this whole time about all this stuff and he kept you out of the loop because he thought it was best for some reason in his flawed logic. Yeah. And so he, he didn't want Ethan you... to get involved because Ethan is a civilian. Yeah. Know, essentially. Yeah. And but Ethan really got wouldn't, involved. wouldn't want to stop until his wife was saved or. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I get it. But it all backfired on him the whole time. Yeah. Also, like, if you wanted Ethan to not like continue on wouldn't you have like you know airlifted him out if once you found him huh well i think they were like on the way to something somewhere they might have been on their way to like an airlift or something and then i guess so we don't know how long ethan was out maybe it was like they got him in the car and then they got attacked because like there's they might be close to that village or they might be like miles away from the village where they live I don't know. Well, I think well, it's kind of assumed that 
in the same night of the attack at Ethan's house, yeah, the convoy gets uh, destroyed. Yeah, so yeah, it can't be that far. So it's not too far. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, nitpicks aside, you go to fight Heisenberg, who is this giant metal monster now. Um, and you get where they go. Uh, what I like to call full Resident Evil, where it's I guess so. It's yeah, like super awesome, but like there's a lot of stupidity in it. But it's like it's, good stupidity. It's pretty anime, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> shoot him with your mech robot tank thing, and then after you shoot him enough, he like makes a vortex. Yeah. And then uh, you get knocked off your thing. And so you have to like use your guns that you've had the whole time to fight him. And then once you do enough damage, then everything gets uh, swa- like like uh, sucked up into a new vortex. And as you like Matrix style uh, slow motion get into the the pilot seat of your mech, you kill him. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking sick. It's fucking it was, sick. It's really dumb sounding when you say it out loud, but yeah. it's like really cool. In the moment, um, you're like. That this is fucking yeah, amazing. It's just like a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Exactly. I'm. I like. I guess that style uh, of like a QTE better than like button prompts on the screen. Yeah. QTE, which I feel like I've seen in Resident Evil games previously. Yeah. It. it they. Uh, I feel like they've been getting better at uh, QTEs with just kind of. Yeah, using I don't it. think that's really been too much of a thing since resident evil 4 like yeah, every other for, resident evil installment after that has had like interactive qts yeah 4 so. gets obnoxious with it but that it was like kind of the start of it too yeah like 4 and 5 yeah yeah, yeah i think i saw a lot of 5 back in the day and that was uh, and not anything else from the series so i always thought that resident evil was like yeah super dumb well Personally, like the most the most famous qte is the boulder punch i would say Oh, which yeah. they make a joke about that yeah, in the Heisenberg fight. Yeah, they do. He says, which is cool that then they proceed to go do that thing. <laughs> well, they go to the same level of silliness, but they do it in a smarter way, I would say. It's mm-hmm. good, yeah. So anyway, you kill Heisenberg. He's like, we could have worked together, but now I'll never get my revenge. Anyway, I'm going to explode now. Um, but uh, then Mother Miranda shows up, and she uh, kills you straight up rip she rips out, out your heart crushes it she yeah. reveals that she was shape-shifting as the old lady in the village and mia and uh mm-hmm. yeah and then she rips your heart out and yeah, i pretty sick i legitimately thought ethan was probably dead i was like oh that's a bold move to end the game with another character but- yeah and so then you you move over to chris and you're chris and you yeah. fucking you like are crazy op yeah chris and you just like mow down enemies like this is a different game yeah so like, now they're like infiltrating the village because mother miranda is like going off the charts and like doing her whole ceremony uh so they step in military style yeah and you get yeah, it's pretty cool i think i think they're definitely well they have to be building something because like i think we get like a fleshed out kind of team that he has now like each of the characters like, yeah have names and personalities so, yeah. None of them died, by the way. No. So hmm. I think they've got, like, the next game they're doing has got to be, like, Chris and his new team. So. Resident Evil Mercenaries. Probably. They're probably going to I mean, something. they have, like, a Mercenaries mode in this. Um, oh, they I do. Guess it's like a, yeah, and I guess it's a thing that, like, has been in the series before or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. Really know. 
But uh, very beloved anyway. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. We play as Chris. We get uh, like we go through it all. We do some like Hammer of Dawn type deals, where his like team tactically strikes uh, these points. Yeah. Eventually, we come into this like Mother Miranda's like room, her research room or whatever, and you find mm. out like all this lore about how all of this stuff like connects back to the origins of resident evil as a franchise yeah how uh some whatever his name spencer the founder Mm. of like one of the founders of umbrella yeah the the mansion owner from the first game how he was like a student of miranda yeah yeah uh so i guess you find out that miranda uh had this love interest or friend i don't know whatever that she like another doctor who had died and she was trying to bring it back and um bring her back um was it she, like not her was it not her daughter was it her daughter i don't know i, I thought it was, it, was it was her daughter yeah okay yeah. i didn't really get That's that okay. but i guess yeah, from the pictures yeah. that makes sense um yeah i think at the ending the only reason i'm thinking of it is i think she like screams in the like final battle like this is for my daughter or something yeah uh. all right that makes sense but yeah anyway she's like uh trying to find a way to bring her back and she wanders uh into a cave and finds the mutamycete essentially yeah um and this is i think after or is this before or after she meets with spencer i I think think at one point yeah so before so she like uh does experiments on the mutamycete and like uh makes the kadu which is like a fetus looking thing but is essentially like what is giving all of the four lords like their powers and is like what's transforming all the people in the village like yeah she's like putting it into them or whatever and like their reception to the kadu being in their body is like if it's positive they get like these crazy powers if it's like negative they just become like a zombie essentially yeah um and at one point she meets with spencer who uh, I guess she must have like told her secret about how like she's like immortal at that point. Yeah, <laughs> to Spencer. I mean, yeah, at some point they, I don't know how they would have come across, but like yeah, they. He basically admired what she was doing. He saw the power mm. she was doing, but he thought it was like on a limited scale because like everything she was doing was to bring back her kid yeah and so he was like he saw this being able to empower uh the human race and be able yeah. to create something Change beautiful the world. and so he goes yeah. and makes umbrella uh with a symbol based on um a symbol the symbols the that they find in the castle and uh, yeah where so, they're at which i uh, believe has like made a couple of people of, who are fans of the franchise upset but like yeah it's not um like die, certain diehards are not happy about it certain die, diehards are happy about it everything yeah. is polarizing <laughs> in the internet age so i mean me who is who's only been recently interested in resident evil since what they've been doing since re2 remake and on uh basically this to me is cool because yeah. i'm a newcomer but for someone who's been playing since the first game i could see how that and like like a legacy of anything like now that it's changing with a modern thing or quote unquote like is confirned i feel like, like the you, wildest hopes and dreams 
mm. might only be upset if you had your own theory that you were very attached to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is... none of this stuff has, like, been revealed before, like, been yeah. talked about in this way until this game. So it's kind of like, unless you already had specific expectations, I don't know why you would be disappointed. Yeah, this feels like a kind of WandaVision scenario where they're like, oh, I'm really upset Mephisto wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. but like, they're like now tying years. all the games together and, like, all the... In, in a way that they haven't done before and like all the lore and backstory of the Resident Evil universe um, to like make it make sense and it does make sense so yeah I don't I don't like mind at all I'm yeah. like that's yeah. cool that's sick I'm more interested in playing the older games now if I know it leads somewhere if it matters at all yeah. you know personally and it's still um, and there's still mystique to it like you wonder like yeah. what spencer was doing there and like yeah everything how that, did it go so wrong yeah well yeah. it's it's definitely a lot of room to still explore so i think but anyway I, chris is reading all this stuff uh in the middle of this super crazy mission he's like flipping through books and notes <laughs> uh and then like he finds a uh, mia locked in a cage yeah uh, which is cool Miranda's uh, lab. Yeah, which I was glad they didn't just kill her off. Mm. She... For, for sure. Yeah. Well, because then Mia uh, goes on to explain that Ethan is very special in a yeah. way that nobody knows about. It's and... been like foreshadowed the whole time. Like, And we thought yeah. it was just like weird that Ethan would get his hand chopped off and, and reattach it. <laughs> Yeah, and you it, just he could just pour up. some stuff on mm -hmm. and reattach it, and it just works properly. Like, yeah. we just took that at that like this is a video game. Like, yeah. it makes it just works. All the and, memes that people have been making now come to a head when it cuts yeah. back to Ethan, and he's who is and now he's freezing to death because his heart is literally not in his body anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but he's having like visions, and he's like in this place that's like yeah cold or whatever, and he sees uh, Evelyn from. Resident, Resident Evil 7, 7 yeah. um, talking to him and she basically explains that uh, Ethan has been dead this whole time since Resident Evil 7 since the first hour of that game yeah. when you encounter Jack um, essentially what happened is Jack finds you uh, and kills you <laughs> yeah. in that and game then... and uh, he indoctrinates Ethan into their family essentially uh, making Ethan one of them yeah. like an undead uh, after stapling his arm back on <laughs> yeah as one of Jack's experiments yeah and I, I yeah, think so that was Ethan's a dead body mold guy <laughs> yeah which I think yeah. made him infinitely more interesting oh, oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is for a shame sure. that it's so late in the game uh, yeah it takes a while for Ethan to have a character but at that <laughs> point like I mean, I understand. Yeah. Like, I understand and I appreciate that. Like, it's like, oh, it's the final act. Now we care about Ethan as a character. And so when they do the thing, like when they, when you, you basically you go into the final boss battle, you win. And then, the, like, you care about Ethan and his plight and his, like, him saving his daughter. And, like, the, you yeah. want to see more of Ethan, what he's going to do. And then he makes the sacrifice. Which, yeah. And, and it and it matters. It has it has legs yeah. to it. Yeah. So, and then yeah. What what happens next? 
Um, oh, uh, Chris had put this really big explosive uh, in the giant um, meta. Oh yeah, you find like the heart of the metamucite, the like yep. literal heart yeah. slash fetus, yeah. like big thing, and he like attaches a C four to his knife and is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna blow this place sky high." But first, yeah. we have to deal with Mother Miranda. And the, yeah, um, so you kill Mother Miranda, and then you as get away Ethan, from yeah, yeah, and, and then Ethan is like, um, like can't really walk anymore. He was on borrowed time. Yeah, basically. yeah. you save your and, daughter, who like I guess Mother Miranda had. Uh, started the ritual um yeah she like, she reformed her and then i guess she was gonna form her into her daughter because she like pulls her out of yeah. like the mold and she's like wait a minute this isn't my daughter and then ethan's yeah. like hey i'm here fuck you and she's like well <laughs> fists up let's do this yeah um, and i think it's because um like mother Miranda, i think this is my personal thing of like why it didn't just it didn't work is because um um rose is already more powerful than her or rose is already like something if yeah. that makes any sense like between ethan and between um evelyn right yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess because yeah. she's like evelyn in herself was like a very powerful bioweapon and i guess mm -hmm. he's the last remains of her so yeah yes. and so they were they were different essentially than whatever miranda was and whatever the uh whatever that thing's called i never forget it right uh the mutamycin the giant yeah that they're different from that the basically the metamycin, um, anyway, sorry. They're different like, from that. So they were they had some it was like not the same. So she reformed into Rose. And mm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure because uh from what Chris had seen in uh, Miranda's laboratory was that she also kept up on the Evelyn experiment. Like you see pictures of Evelyn like yeah. okay. being made. Um so Which, I think like I guess it would probably have to be explained at a later point in time why it happened the way it did. But yeah. um Anyway, yeah. that hesitation was enough for us to kill her. And then um yeah. we can't get out in time because Ethan's body is failing him. And yeah. so yeah. he's like He's I'll, turning into I'll, mold again. Yeah. I'll take the trigger, yeah. Chris save my wife and daughter. That's all I like that's literally all you can do to mm -hmm. make up for yeah. this. Like keep them safe. He gives and so, he gives him his jacket and takes the yeah. trigger from him. And then um, the mega my suit is like expanding, and uh, like the plant is like expanding and is like consuming the whole village. And then Ethan explodes it and himself. Yeah. yeah. Yep. As a, and he's a sacrificial hero. Yeah. Yep. And Chris, Mia, Rose, and his whole team get away on a helicarrier. Very similar to like what is it re2 and re3 ending with like yeah. the giant explosion yeah, in the background there's a lot of explosions yeah um i don't know how re1 ends honestly re1 uh, you also get out in a helicopter so oh perfect, is, perfect doesn't the mansion get blown up too no it can't because it comes up later on in the series no. yeah anyway uh that happens and then it's like credits and then there's an after credit scene if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. yeah and it it plays itself off as like a time skip yes and we are like retold the the story that we were told at the beginning like the storybook and you yeah hear the we end see the ending book. now because uh, we get the ending rose yeah. fell and asleep it, before the ending and it's and literally so, 
the events of the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um and so there's this girl on the bus and she gets off the bus and she goes to visit a like visit a grave and it's Ethan's And she grave. has that storybook with her. Yep. And and it is uh and it's Rose grown mm-hmm. up now. Yep. But um and but then she gets like into this car with this agent type guy. Which the yeah. agent is like super aggressive. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, like a no huge jerk. He calls her like Evelyn and obviously it yeah. upsets he's her. He's like, oh, it's just a joke that I'm calling you this uh, fucking deadly bioweapon that almost yeah. killed your family. <laughs> that you and have then this she like threatens him like you don't, no one knows what I can really do. Not yeah. even Chris. And then like yeah. somebody contacts him on the radio and it's like, hey, do you want us to take the shot? We can kill her right now. <laughs> he's like, yeah. nah, nah. And then nah. he's like, nah, I got it. And he's like, I'm sorry. I guess I was a little out of line saying that. And he's like, you think? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, then he's like, you're like your father. And she smiles knowingly. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, okay, so it's a time skip or whatever. Mm-hmm. But actually uh, brought up to uh, our attention by Chad, like Resident Evil, like super fan, in my opinion. Um, Resident Evil apparently has never done a like, nope time skip ever they've only mm-hmm. like when the games come out the year they come out is like when they take place in like the world essentially so village takes place in 2021 uh, essentially mm-hmm. yeah it's two so, years after uh yeah so basically by that logic uh that would mean either a this game will take place like years later and whatever re9 essentially or this has been in the uh, past whenever that shows up Mm -hmm. and or um it's uh it's rapid aging for yeah yeah this is like a some sort of super being yeah because well i mean we know she is but like she's uh yeah able to control it in a way or it like takes effects on her body Yeah. yeah being a mold baby yeah, which well, is, I mean, is a thing apparently Rob d- talked about that like Evelyn had the same thing. Yeah, right? in in Resident Evil Seven, uh, throughout yeah. the whole game, you think there's a Grandma Baker to the whole family, and she's just kind yeah. Of alert. Well, so Evelyn had that ability to like transform or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, well, you find out in a note anything. later on that she Evelyn was rapidly aging, too. So, it was like kind of like without her treatment that she got from umbrella she was like kind of quickly deteriorating so hmm. um it could be a factor of that hopefully she's not like we've introduced rose and then oh well she's dead now <laughs> but um hope- yeah no i don't think so yeah. i'm i'm i feel like it's gonna be like between the combination between mother miranda's whatever mm. and evelyn's whatever like it created like rose was changed or rose is yeah. different so i'm not entirely sure what's going to happen i presume rose is going to be the main character of the next game um, yeah it seems i likely. think it's going yeah. to be this situation where like because chris is now working for umbrella and he has like rose under his wing but mm-hmm. we also have like all these other characters that we haven't heard from in years so yeah. it's gonna be like some crazy it's shit cool. hopefully I think, but, uh, what are you going to say? No, you go first. Well, I was going to say, so, like, in the past, um, 
they have said that like they view these resident evil games as threes you know one two and three are all very similar Mm -hmm. uh four five and six all very similar and now uh seven and eight very similar presumably nine is going to be in the same vein but also if they are going by that metric they're going to be probably coming to a climax of like this story yeah um ethan's story and his family so yeah and I'm looking make, forward to that. Yeah. And they make a point to say the father's story is at, is over. Yeah. Yeah. But like that that's still very vague. We don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen next with that. So I I would I'd be very interested if like the next game is if we are playing as Rose. It's just uh straight up like the darkness where you now have additional powers along with shooting guns, which mm-hmm. which might end up going overboard into too much action. But I think if they did it in an interesting way, it'd be very cool to see. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll they'll do something with it. Like, yeah. good. Uh, I mean, from their track record with RE7 and RE8 now, it's going in a very good direction that yeah. people enjoy. Yeah, it's cool. It's very yeah. cool. Um, I wasn't a fan, and now I'm a fan. Like I was it, basically RE2, like this whole like revitalization of the brand. Yeah. Uh, RE2 remake, like made me more. It was it's on my radar now instead of like whatever yeah. thing that I don't care about. It's now it's, I'm like paying attention. It's less schlocky and more like oh wow I've noticed how much of a shit they give now with this. Yeah. And they're doing like more with like the expanded media as well. Like, yeah. Um, I just knew about like the dumb like live action movies, but now like yeah. the animated movie, like the new one, Infinite Darkness, which looks uh, like apparent- they released the trailer to that. What yeah. was it yesterday? And it looks like it's like a conspiracy drama, like more yeah, than it anything. Looks, it looks like it has like actual like plot relevance to the games. Yeah, like it. It looks like it's like what happens after like two and before i'm maybe like around code veronica and um before four that makes any sense yeah it it might that's interesting yeah it might even be concurrent with where we are because like i think what was it revelations showed off like um both uh what was it claire redfield was like working to debunk stuff and like kind of Hmm. get to the bottom of a bunch of things and it looks like now she's kind of doing that still so yeah it'd be very interesting like well that's it it's almost two hour uh, podcast so (laughs) which there's that uh i guess one small note uh with you guys just each of one each of your points of view somebody went into the game and there's a figure in the background of the last shot and a, and they went into the game and they found out they used uh, Ethan's character model to walk towards the car. Do you think it's actually Ethan? Do you think it's a vision like uh, Rose is seeing through the mold or do you think it's just they needed character to be walking on the thing so they just took the character model and didn't expect somebody to do that? I think it could be a bit of everything, however they want to recontextualize yeah. it. But I mostly think it was just they took the model. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, it's interesting to th- that they would, like, even put that in there. I guess, like, what is the need of 
somebody walking also in this graveyard. Yeah. Um, and then also to use Ethan's mall. It might just be like a little Easter egg thing. I yeah. don't necessarily know if it has any plot relevance. I wouldn't think so because it's so yeah. hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was more so of a thing for like fans to see and maybe to <laughs> give them something to like talk yeah. about. To tide them until over. Until the next game. Yeah. 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 A distraction. Well, exactly. That's good. Something to ponder for the next few years. Yeah. But uh, that was Echo Screen 52. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for being on, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See you.